All right, you're back in the DFSR. It's an NFL podcast. It's Wednesday. It's December 23rd. I'm Doug Norrie, and over there is... James Davis. And we are coming at you. Week 16 in the NFL. Got a crazy week this week. We got a Christmas Day game. Not sure why they did that, frankly. Like, well, not sure why they did a Christmas Day game and not a Christmas Eve game to compete against basketball, but um, or to not compete against basketball. Because they're coming now. through the throat on basketball now. They're like... Yeah, basketball. Nice. We saw what like, happened oh, when they went up who, against us in the fall. <laughs> guess who thinks they're going to own Christmas Day too? Okay, maybe we'll maybe we'll start start owning Christmas Day now that we can just play any. Now that we've proven we can play any day of the week, uh, which yeah, the NFL is on. Um, so we got a Christmas Day game. We got a, I think three Saturday games, two Saturday games, something like that. Should probably have known this before I jumped on here. Um, three. <clears throat> yeah, three Saturday games, and then a main slate, and then a Monday. So really spread out a weekend of football. We're going to talk about. Uh, just a, just a main slate here where there's plenty to dissect uh, going in. Some injury stuff we'll get to. We'll get to all a lot of it also in the game-by-game game breakdown, which we obviously do uh, on Thursdays of every week where we do go team-by-team, team, breaking down different injury concerns, breaking down uh, the different stuff that you're going to want to look into, some bets. we got a lot of those coming out this week after another strong week of betting. So um, you're going to want to make sure you tune into tomorrow's podcast where we go game-by-game. Game. Do you want to break down the main slate for uh, FanDuel and DraftKings, though? Start a quarterback. I mean, are we fully believing in Jalen Hurts? It's only two games. Um, and is this a situation where, yes, he started off at like 5,100 on DraftKings and then rose up to, you know, I don't know, something like 60-something hundred last week. Now it's up to 7K. Are we in a situation with Hurts where, yes, the price is up and we're still just getting kind of like insane value on the skill set that he at least brings from a fantasy perspective, even though the team's in one and one, whatever it is, but from a fantasy perspective, I mean, he's just kind of like a QB one at this point. Yeah, I, I'm not ready to call him a QB one. I don't think. I think the carries are definitely legit, and you can count on him for 11 to 14 carries, which is great. Um, he's a pretty bad passer. That, yeah. That's the one thing I'm concerned about. And actually, you know, oftentimes we don't talk about the defense on this. I, I do like the Cowboys' defense quite a bit this week. It's really tough to not throw interceptions when you only complete like 56% of your passes, which is what sure. he's done so far in the NFL. So I, um, I'm i not actually very bullish on him on the passing side. Last week I would call it just a complete aberration to go 24 of 44 for 338 and three touchdowns. Like you'll never see a line like that out of him again. So um, that being said, can you like push over the finish line with if he gets you 15 carries for 100 yards? Absolutely. Uh, you know, we talked about guys who – fit this profile in the past and they don't really need to do much the passing stuff they kind of invert it right it's like normally you're like Aaron Rodgers he's going to be good and then he'll get you two and a half points on the ground and it's yeah. like <laughs> Jalen Hurts kind of flips that so um so yeah I don't mind the play but I, I'm I'm hesitant to call him he's also got four fumbles in these two games too but I'm hesitant to call him a uh, a QB1 in capital letters just yet Okay, that's fair. Um, we do have him pre- for a pretty high projection. We're probably having running into a few little sample size issues on his projection. Would be my guess. Um, I still think it's seven thousand on DraftKings. It's the floor is just high enough. Yeah, compared, I agree com- on that. Compared to just the rest of the group, I mean, maybe you want to say eighty two hundred on Fanduel is a little bit closer when you can get Deshaun Watson at eighty five. Going up to Mahomes at 94 against Atlanta is probably doable, but I'm not sure I want to do it. But I did write up Deshaun Watson um, after Hurts here. He gets Cincinnati. Now, Cincinnati coming off that surprise win over Pittsburgh, uh, I I can't feel like anything more than an outlier. Also, Pittsburgh. Like, at one point, Ben Roethlisberger had, like, four completions for negative two yards. That's nearly impossible to do. It's it's something I feel like would happen to me if I was taking snaps because I just simply can't throw the ball far enough, and so I would have to just 
was like, hey, we're just going to throw it a little bit ahead to you and hope you don't get you know, tackled behind the line of scrimmage. So I don't know if that was just more of a Pittsburgh thing, but Watson... Over the last, I think it is six weeks. I wrote this in the, I wrote this in the article, but it's either the last five or six weeks. He's basically the second best. He's really just tied for for um, the most DraftKings points per game since we since week eleven. He's tied for most DraftKings points per game out of quarterback. It's something we expected at the beginning of the season. Didn't get it um, before they fired O'Brien, but clearly, you know, in the, the second third of the season. Or third third second third whatever um, <laughs> the third third of the season. He's a uh, He's turned it on. I mean, do you feel just maybe better about a Watson situation here than Hurts? It's it's only a little. The the, the price difference is probably um, different enough on DraftKings that maybe you go Hurts on DraftKings, Watson on FanDuel, or you just feel better about Watson in general. I would instantly play Watson over Hurts on FanDuel. I wouldn't even think very hard about it. I think Hurts aspires to be Deshaun Watson, and if he's like if it all goes right and he just keeps rolling sixes, he'll eventually be as good as Deshaun Watson. We haven't seen anything like that from him in the first two games. Yeah, the carries have been great, but you know Watson can get 10 carries in a game as well. Watson has been absurdly consistent since O'Brien left. Uh, his worst game in that time was the 14 fantasy point game against Cleveland. But other than that, you're, you're that was in a the weather, 20s. And that was a weather thing. Exactly. Like yeah, the, that's yeah. what I was going to say. Uh, other than that, you're just in the 20s. You know, And when you start with 20 fantasy points, I would take that consistency over what Hertz has brought so far. So anyway, yes, prefer Watson dramatically to Hertz on FanDuel. When the price difference is larger on DraftKings, I'm willing to think it over. I do still think Hertz is a value over there, but yeah, I'm I'm solidly on the Watson camp on FanDuel. Um, right now, this uh, sorry, the Eagles have around right around 26 implied points, and Houston has 28 implied points. So if you want to use if you're if you're trying to maybe decide between the two guys, maybe take the team total. Like I said, I think when it's all said and done, we'll have Watson projected for more, and it'll probably just come down to, you know, what kind of what, what you're doing elsewhere. If you feel like those extra three hundred or six hundred dollars on either site, respectively, is important. I think I, I'm going to mention this on the podcast tomorrow, but I think Mahomes is still a fine option here against Atlanta. That game has got a really high total. I still probably think Lamar Jackson's probably good. I think there's a lot of good. There's a lot of good choices here. It's this is. Some weeks we've walked into this, been like it's you know this guy or bust or these two guys, and that's going to kind of be it. I do think you mm. probably see the ownership spread out a little bit more this week, only because some of these top tier quarterbacks are all in pretty good spots. I did want to, I do like to sometimes on DraftKings walk down the price tier a little bit because savings is material on DraftKings in a way that it isn't on FanDuel, just because the pricing is tighter and it can sometimes be more difficult to make lineups that. Um, you know, or you know, don't have to punt a guy or whatever. So, quarterback is sometimes a place you can save. I did write at Mitch Trubisky here. Um, the matchup is really good against Jacksonville. Jacksonville continues to be a very bad defense, uh, one of the worst worst in the league. Let me just check real quick where they went. I think right now they are, are they dead last. Now Detroit. Ooh, Detroit, nice job. Detroit actually worse than them overall, but uh, but Jacksonville retains the worst passing defense in the league. So, buoy to them. So, Mitch, he's been pretty decent and the thing here is he's a full $1,300 less than Hertz and a full what is it yeah full 2,000 less than or no 1,500 less than uh than Watson he's been pretty accurate over the last three games completing more than 70% of his passes touchdowns are five to one gets out and run runs occasionally 34 and 23 yards in each of the last two games could you stomach a Trubisky play uh, again with the caveat that he's much cheaper <laughs> uh yeah I mean I'm willing to do anything for a price, Doug. You know, it's like right. the it was it the Winston Tur- Churchill story where 
Yeah, I don't want to get into this on the podcast, but the long story short is, <laughs> I don't know, I might border on the explicit tag or at least make people uncomfortable, which I don't want to do. I'll tell you off the air. No, well, um, I'll, I'll sum it up. The story is that, you know, he, he asked somebody <laughs> if they're willing to do something. It was like his wife and his daughter. Yeah, <laughs> so once, yeah his wife and his daughter. And once they establish a high price, then he's, yes, he's, exactly. he's, he's saying that if once you establish a higher price, we've agreed that you'll do it. So now we're just going to find the actual price. Now so we're I, negotiating. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. And uh, I think that... <clears throat> That's how I feel about almost every DFS play, where it's like, no, I don't want to play Trubisky, but if he was one hundred dollars, I would definitely play him, right? Sure. So, um, so that's that's my caveat. If the system says so, I suppose I'll double check the inputs, and I could theoretically stomach it, but I'm I'm not excited about it. It's just that you it, you do you know when you run a Trubisky lineup compared to a Jalen Hurts lineup, it's basically you buy yourself one more what I'll call safer guy, right? Like you're, you're right. going to or or you buy or you you've got you grab one more guy in the top tier, like you go up from. Let's say, uh, oh, that's a good example here. You go from like a Calvin Ridley up to a Tyreek Hill or something like that. Um, that's not a perfect example because, or you go from like a, you know, a very cheap wide receiver up to, you know, a middle tier guy or something like that. So, um, I'm, I'm doing a bad job of giving the one for one because I thought it'd be a little more clear as I'm looking through these lineups. But the, <laughs> the, uh, I'll give you an example. You go basically. No, that's not. Never mind. I'm stumbling here. Okay. Anyway, so the Trubisky thing is that the matchup is good. Jacksonville has really led it up to opposing quarterbacks this season. And again, he hasn't. I know that the the idea of Trubisky sort of has been you know sort of uh, sort of pukey in the past. I'm mostly pointing out that over the short term, he's played some bad defenses. It really hasn't been that bad. He's just been a decent quarterback. And overall. I think that I can make a case for it, and there's a clear reason that he's third on this list, and and I mentioned a, a bunch of other dudes before him. All right, let's talk running backs. I do think running back feels like we're probably waiting on some news here um, to start. I think there's probably some pretty clear plays. Where do you want to start with with running back? Um, it does feel like we're not going to go top tier. There really aren't a lot of these top tier guys aren't even on this main slate, but where do you want to go here with yeah. running back? Now, that's the important thing to start with is that since the games are so spread out this week, the only truly expensive running backs this week are Christian McCaffrey, currently questionable, going up against a tough Washington defense. I, I don't see anyone doing that. And then Nick Chubb, he's somehow 9,000. Um, this guy got 17 carries last game, or 17 touches uh, against the Giants last game. I just don't see a world where anyone plays Nick Chubb in cash. He's also got Kareem Hunt there to cause trouble. So, nah, not going to play him. Which leaves us with the next man up, uh, David Montgomery. Montgomery has seen... His price rise from around six thousand five weeks ago up to seventy eight hundred, and frankly, it's pretty much justified. He's getting all the goal line carries for them. He's got five touchdowns across his last three games, and what we saw last game against Minnesota, I think, was the most important development of the season, where we saw that when the game script is going favorably for him, he is capable of thirty plus touches. That's something that I believe I said explicitly he wasn't capable of doing. So, you know, I don't know if they're listening to the podcast. Um, I'm <laughs> not sure exactly what's going on there, but Montgomery also now averaging Doug 69.69 rush yards per game. So uh, that's that's a good number of rushing yards per game. There you go. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a small explain, I'm a small child. Explain, explain why that's a good. <laughs> explain why that that specifically is a, is a good number. It's just a lot, you know. There you aren't the a lot of well, now that we're now that we're almost doubled down on the Churchill thing. We might as well just have gone all the way there at this point. Like you just, uh, <laughs> there's just no, there's no. Well, reason I don't know to. what you're talking about. I'm just trying to point out if I can get through the read on, on Montgomery here. Um, 69.69 rush yards per game is really good, and uh, a lot of that has come recently. <laughs> okay, I'm done. 
Um, but yeah, so 23 or more fantasy points in each of his last four games. And he gets the best matchup on the board. Uh, Jacksonville has been in a well-documented tooth-and-nail fight against Detroit to be the worst defense of the, of the year. And they edged back past Detroit last week. Uh, Montgomery, he's the, the, the highest quality, most consistent back available on the slate. He's probably still underpriced for this matchup. So anyway, we'll play him everywhere. Do you want to know who the top-ranked DraftKings uh, points-per-game running back is since Week 10? No. It's, uh, De- De- Derek Sorry, I, I, said, I, said, I said I don't want to know. You want to know who number two is? No, I don't, I don't care about it. <laughs> David Montgomery. <laughs> David Montgomery is number two, oh, okay. the, the number two running back on DraftKings um, for the last five weeks. And if you go one more week out, he's the top guy. Um, that is pretty remarkable, considering, especially considering some of the games that Henry's had <laughs> in that term. Uh, Montgomery, since week 11, week 11 on, which again, is only four weeks or whatever, he's averaging almost 29 DraftKings points per game. I do think he's going to end up being the chalk here. Look, can he turn in a 10 carry performance? Yeah, he's done it. 10, 11. He's got these. He's yep. got these numbers on his on his game log, um, and it's not too distant. The 32. He's not. You cannot project him for 20 plus carries. It's just we, we have not seen that this season. Even in the right game scripts, it would only go back a week where they were winning by 29 points and he touched the ball 15 total times. Right. Yeah. Again, one of them was an 80 yarder. So you want to say, well, maybe that's more like 15 carries because he would have just broken him up during that drive. Okay, I, I can hear that. But overall, uh, I do think just just the more overall the you know the short term performance. And just the nature of the slate, I do think he's going to be chalk. After him, can we trust Le'Veon Bell here? Um, minus 11 for KC. They're going to be without Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Is he – where do you want to – I'm going to skip over the, the one of the injury guys. I'm going to go down a little bit farther here. Can we – is Bell – can we lock Bell into, like, all of the running back touches for whatever they're worth on KC? Uh, I'm not sure I'm ready to go quite that far yet. I, I mean, I think he's going to get plenty, and I think he'll get a running back one style workload. Uh, last week he had 15 carries in a target. CEH had 14 and three. So Bell doesn't need to get all of those. Um, there is some speculation right now that Darnell Williams is going to spell Bell on third downs from time to time, but it's not like Bell has no track record of catching balls out of the backfield, right? So like, I think that. You just roll with it. You assume the game script is going to be in his favor. He's definitely getting goal line carries here uh, between him and Williams. So yeah, I'm I'm playing Bell. You know, I don't want to throw any shade on this play at all. I'm, I'm certainly playing him in cash, but I could see something like a two and a half to one split in touches between him and Williams rather than like a pure hazy every down guy. Yeah, I feel like he's kind of a lock for me for cash. I, I think minus eleven at home. Yeah, the I'm fact that he the fact that he got all the he's definitely going to at least you would assume that he's at least starts the game. Uh, in that role, uh, the the offense is so great. I know they they pass a ton, but like you said, he has shown the ability to do that in the past, even though it didn't happen last week. So I think I think I'm pretty much a lock. Like for instance, okay, so let's just talk about a few of these other guys. So if Tony Pollard was starting again for Dallas, would you rather play Pollard or Bell? Ooh, Pollard probably. Or I mean, maybe both. Okay. Yeah, that's right. I don't, I don't want to be making that decision. Okay, well, here's the other problem because I think J.D. McKissick. I'm, I'm doing the style a little different than we usually do cash game plays because I just think there's like there's some context. There's a, there's a lot to talk about. You know, in the article, I kind of go and break it all down. There are a number of situations that could change, that could, you know, really influence where we wind up leaning at running back this well, week. So, so it's, I mean, this so is a worthwhile Washington, exercise. Yeah, the Washington thing. 
I think McKissick, I think you look at his, how they've used him just really kind of almost with any quarterback this season with the, with the targets, and he got a lot of carries last week. But then Haskins looks like he's going to probably be suspended for this COVID thing. Like this COVID go, went to a strip club with no mask on after the game. and um, that You had to wear the mask at the strip club, Dwayne. Come on, man. <laughs> he was a, it was Keep a everyone high, safe, buddy. He's <laughs> considered high-risk COVID-19 conduct. He faces a four-game oh, suspension. I have a feeling that the, the league in, in the old let's make an example out of this um, so, oh, yeah. style is probably going to suspend him just for nothing else that it was so, it's so high profile. And it was such a blatant, you know, whatever you want to say about it, it was this, the rules are their are the rules. So, um, and it was a blatant violation of what they've been pretty clear about the rules. Would that be enough to having to go down from him to, oh, I don't know, I can't even, who's their backup here? Someone well, so for starters, Alex yeah. Smith isn't ruled out. Um, oh, this that's is right. This is important. Right. He is, uh, he's currently viewed as day-to-day. He will be practicing in some capacity this week. And there's some optimism that he could actually play on Sunday. So if he plays, I think you can assume that McKissick will have a similar role. The important development from last week was that like it looked like Peyton Barber would be the chief ball carrier and yeah. McKissick would be used more catching balls at the backfield. That didn't actually materialize. The football team realized that um, the Barber's just awful. You know, oh, he's after so bad. He's so bad. <laughs> the 14 carries for 26 yards in the prior game, they realized that he couldn't do a damn thing. So uh, they realized that McKissick is a little bit more dynamic. So I think he'll be somewhat safe regardless. If they go, if they can't play... Smith or Haskins. Taylor Heineke, by the way. Um, yeah, things can get game. ugly in a hurry is what I was going to say. Um, yeah, so I don't know. I, I don't think I would want to play any of these uh, football team players if <laughs> I keep wanting to say the other name. Um, if neither Smith nor Haskins played, but that's kind of where I'm at right now. Yeah, I think that's fair. And I, I think we're still waiting on Zeke news for Tony Pollard. Uh, maybe we'll have something a little more definitive for tomorrow's podcast. I'm not sure. Do you trust the David Johnson targets from last week? Because he's another guy I know you, you nodded to. Um, he's, what do you have, like, yeah, 11? not really. Yeah. I mean, I, I could see it coming together. Obviously, Duke would have to miss again. Um, I don't, don't especially trust it. He did line up as a receiver a little bit, which I thought was an interesting development. But yeah, there's just a lot. This is, this is a complicated position right now. And I'm thankful that we got Montgomery at Bell at the top. I think we'll probably play those two guys, and I will come back to the last ones. I'll say if everything breaks in the favor of our other options, I'd like to play Tony Pollard. By the way, Zeke currently listed as having a chance to play, which sounds like he's more you know, questionable than probable. Um, I'd probably go with Pollard first, and then I'm not ex- overly thrilled about the other options after that, like I guess McKissick, but, um, but yeah, even that. We've seen that be hit or miss with Smith under center. I, I really liked Haskins there because he could only do, he only even tried to do three things. <laughs> like he just threw it to, like Thomas got 15 targets. Um, and then McLaurin and McKissick both hit double digits as well. But yeah, we'll see. But yeah, I, I do think we'll wind up with three good options. It's just a matter of which ones. Yeah, I agree. And like I said, I think we're walking into it with two good ones. Um, in the, you, right. know, you mentioned Montgomery. I think Montgomery's basically just have to lock him in here based on the situation. Um, and I think I think we're going to end up having to probably lock Le'Veon Bell unless we hear that he's going to just you know maintain this you know change of pace style running back and and they're with a full week of pack practice are able to get Williams in there. I think that would be I'd have to hear that news specifically to, to not want to to play Bell. Otherwise, I think I'm just going to trust that he's you know a 15 touch guy. And for, at his price, uh, I think that probably gets the job done. The one thing about Chubb too, I, I think people will try to talk themselves in there. The Jets defense has been decent against the run this year. They, I get that that's probably a little outlierish based on how they are, but they looked decent against last week against the Rams when they pulled off that totally improbable, nonsensical win. But the, um, 
uh, is that, that if I'm looking to, to just like talk myself out of the, the Chubb thing, I, I think that might be you know one of the ways I go. All right, let's talk about receivers. Uh, I do think based on the nature of how we're going with running back, we're, we're, we're probably, probably going to be able to pay up for a receiver here in, in the top tier. Not all the, again, not all the top guys are on this, this slate just because of the way things break down. I think you can consider Tyreek Hill, though the, the price is climbing a little bit. I, I wrote up Calvin Ridley. I think I'd be all right with Ridley even if Jones played, and I think I'm definitely probably just going to want to run him here. If Jones doesn't play, he's still been even the whole season. And, and Julio Jones has been here, uh, you know, a decent amount of games. Uh, Ridley is just one of the top tier wide receivers in terms of targets this season. He's coming off a huge target week. You have to believe Atlanta's going to be playing from behind in this game. Mm-hmm. And so at 8,700 on FanDuel, I think I can, I'm pretty sure I can stomach that. 8,500 between him and Tyreek, it's a little closer on DraftKings only because it's only a $500 difference. Do you have a kind of a gut feeling bet- between these two? I, I wrote up Ridley. But I think I, I probably could have written up Tyreek. And, th- and that I, that is what I would put as like the top-tier group of wide receivers on this slate. There's a couple other guys a little further down, but where do you stand on these like these two top guys? Yeah, I, I'm liking where your head's at. I think Ridley's role is probably a little bit more secure than Hill's, and he's a little bit cheaper. So while the overall fantasy points per game aren't on the same tier, that also takes into account the fact that Tyreek Hill has a 51-point fantasy game, right? So, yeah. uh, you know, when you kind of average that out to a normal game, then I think they're very similar. And then Ridley's just cheaper. And like I said, he's got there fewer, mouth to feed, fewer mouths to feed in Atlanta. So I think I'd prefer him slightly. I also think there's a better chance that Atlanta is forced to pass rather than Kansas City. So um, I think if Julio Jones were to return, I'd probably lean in Hill's direction. At that point, I'd be assuming that at least some of Ridley's production this season was a result of Jones missing so much time and I think you can even knocking him down 10% or something would uh, make me want to lean hill but it's close and right now I'm leaning towards Ridley yeah I I I didn't write him up um but I'm just gonna make mention of him right now because I think it's probably worth it because we've talked about the other guys in this Bears offense and that's Allen Robinson he's coming off of down target week against Minnesota but he had 13 7 and 13 the three weeks before uh, and has shown Trubisky has shown a willingness to throw to him. It didn't happen last week in just sort of like a, a game where they ended up running the ball with Montgomery 32 times. So, and again, I think we can agree that that is not going to be the norm. I, I, I can see a scenario where just kind of stacking Robinson and Montgomery in cash in this, on this week has a really, really high floor. The famous last words when the Patterson and Darnell Mooney are catching touchdowns or whatever, but um mm-hmm. I think in general, from the way we've seen the Bears allocate touches overall, those two guys do see an outsized, uh, just an outsized number in, in touches, and they just get such a good defense. So didn't write up Robinson, probably could have. Did write up Cooks and Kute, because I think the Houston guys are also still in a good spot here against Cincinnati for the very same reasons we talked about Washington. Kute caught a touchdown last week. You know, David Johnson, I think if we agree that those targets are not really repeatable, I think we probably see a situation where they want to end up going back to Cooks. And then Kute kind of, like you know, said, he he saw some targets in there as well. Cooks, his, the price has remained. He's like our, this, he's this year's Robbie Anderson for us. Or no, sorry, <laughs> DJ Moore. DJ Moore was the guy for us last year. Where it's just like every week, he's 7,000 on FanDuel. And it's just like every week we're playing DJ Moore. He just gets eight to nine targets every week. Like this is just what happens. I feel like Brandon Cooks is this year's version of that. Yeah, I think you're probably right. Um, I will say that Cooks is targets haven't been as impressive as they could have been the last couple of weeks keeping in mind that in that first indie game he left early and then last game he only got seven targets I've got no excuses for that I was I was disappointed by that performance so it's not like he's been 
absolutely crushing it or anything, but it does feel like that big game is around the corner. So I can't say I'd be pumped to see Cooks in the lineup. You know, I think he was only 20% owned or so in FanDuel cash games last week, and the price has gone up a little bit. So um, I do think there's reason for some concern, but at the end of the day, I would play him if he just wound up finding himself in lineups. And the other guy I wrote up here is Jarvis Landry. Landry gets the Jets defense that's better against the run and uh, pretty abysmal against the pass. He's been, he's kind of like worked his way back into that um, just target share guy that we've seen in years past. It wasn't totally materializing, at least early in the season when he had, you know, six, three, four, six targets. But over the last four weeks, and this is after they removed themselves from some of these weird weather games, his targets have been eight, nine, 10, and 11 over the last four weeks, and all wins for Cleveland. So, I can see a situation. Now, look, the yards really don't materialize, and that's going to be always kind of the case with him. I get he had a 143-yard game against uh, Jacksonville four weeks ago, but the other for the amount of targets he gets, it's 60, 52, 61 yards. Touchdowns have been there in the short term. I think he he strikes me as just sort of like a higher floor play that's yeah. still coming very reasonably priced, like 6,500. I'm with you. I, like I'd much rather, I probably would rather, and I wrote him up ahead of him, I think, but I'd rather play Landry than Cooks. Um, yeah, probably. that's how I feel yeah. as well. I think that. They're very similar, and Landry's cheaper and probably a better matchup, so I would ultimately lean in that direction too. Keep an eye on the Chargers situation with Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. Neither played uh, – well, excuse me. They both – it was so infuriating. They were both active last week, and Keenan Allen <laughs> in a true troll move. And I believe – look, I think when you're this professional athlete, you got to believe in yourself. There's no other way to do it. But he tweeted out or yelled at the camera or something like that into the before, play me at fantasy or exactly, something <laughs> yeah, just don't sit me this week and then he promptly went and caught one ball for 17 yards in on 24 snaps and barely touchdown played. um did he catch a touchdown in that game yeah that was he had his like one catch was a touchdown. no no it wasn't that no, doesn't matter um and i'm looking maybe i'm looking at this wrong anyway he he and mike williams were both active but they both just barely even played the guys that did play jalen guyton played and had six targets uh, and then Tyron Johnson played. It was the second wide receiver up. He had five targets total. Both of them had a lot of yards. They had 150 yards and a touchdown combined. They're both basically free on DraftKings. If we get a situation where Keenan Allen and or Mike Williams are ruled out, I think you can get your you can talk yourself into these dudes um, just for their dra- mm-hmm. mostly for their DraftKings price where they're coming. Like Jalen Guyton's thirty two hundred. Tyron Johnson's four. Yeah, that's an four thousand. Again, I gotta see that these guys are sitting though. I'm not I, even being active again. Just cuts into the snap counts too much. So mm-hmm. um, I just want to. I'm just making that one little caveat. All right, finish this off with tight ends. Um, I, I think we you probably put Logan Thomas first here, which made sense after the last couple of weeks. But does he just? Yeah, this is before I realized that Haskins was yeah. that his status was in doubt. Uh, we wrote up Thomas last week too. Going into last week, so this isn't like a new development for him. Uh, he's been getting a lot of targets, and tight end is bad, and his stock is rising. So I, I still maintain that he would be a reasonable play if you were to get Haskins or Smith. As you keep going down that depth chart, I don't think I would be as bullish on it. But uh, listen, you're getting a guy in the low six thousands who's showing up with double digit target threat. You know, like that's not something you're going to find as you scroll through other names at this position. So that that was more of it. Um, but yeah, if it turns out that we don't get either quarterback, then you can no longer do it. I think DFS owners are going to be once again faced with a conundrum of whether they can afford Travis Kelsey or not, too. Uh, that number of people that has been playing him has gone down in recent weeks. I think last week was the first on the main slate in a little while that he was under 50% owned, and it was like 47%. I mean, he's got seven straight weeks with eight catches. Um, he's got touchdowns in five of those seven last weeks. He's the literal definition of safe, but now... I think at 8,800 on yeah. FanDuel, 
as you compare him to other guys in that same price tier, you're talking about, you know, Tyreek Hill and uh, Calvin Ridley. And I think the comparisons become a lot less favorable once you get there. Uh, the math that you're going to have to do is, you know, Kelsey plus a $6,000 receiver or Ridley plus a $6,000 tight end. And I, my suspicion is that Ridley plus a $6,000 tight end is going to feel like a better deal. So um, I would love to play him, I'd like to play him every week. I don't think this is too much for him. It's just a question of uh, the value of a replacement. And I think that since pre- tight ends are just kind of normally priced in this tier, that you can find more of like a normal guy at 6000 in the way you can't really at wide receiver. Yeah, and those normal guys would be like Noah Fan, who had 11 targets last week, right? Dale, Dale, uh, Dallas Goddard, who had eight targets last week. And so... I think and Hunter Henry is still lurking. He's getting seven, eight targets a week. Hunter There's Henry, guys, especially but, if those yeah. other receivers are out, right? Like, so right. Um, I think there are probably, oh God, I can't believe I'm saying this because we just dumpstered on tight end all season long. This might be where we can finally have enough guys, and, you know, these are the FanDuel prices, enough guys in that range. I mean, Dallas Goddard's 3,600 on DraftKings. He had eight targets last week. I, do you want to trust it totally with Jalen Hurts? Probably not. <laughs> but Yeah, no, not really. But if he's that cheap, I, I, I think you can do it. I mean, the issue with any of these guys, not named Travis Kelsey or Logan Thomas, frankly, is that you don't have to go long at all. Like, Noah Fan had a, a one-catch game three games ago, right? So, like, cool, he had 11 targets last week. But um, smart teams, with their tight ends in particular, are often... Like, the tight end is rarely the game plan for a team, with the exceptions this season of, what, Kelsey, Darren Waller. That's pretty much it, right? I'd say otherwise. And now Logan Thomas. I think he was a principal part of the game plan for Washington last week. Otherwise, you're an afterthought. You're there when the team needs eight yards or a goal line play to mix it up. And, yeah, if you can get someone who's a real part of the offense, you're going to increase your floor significantly so yeah there, there are some uh, mix and match features one thing on goddard is worth mentioning here is that in Hertz's first two starts goddard has led the team in targets in both games um six and eight targets yeah. so i think if you're looking for just a two-game samples sometimes in the nfl is kind of enough with like a new guy it doesn't mean that goddard's going to get seven targets uh, you know this that's the average but at least means that that is the default for now and i think right. that alone is enough to you know trust i mean how much can you trust anybody but how much can you trust anybody in this world james i know it's a it's a deeper question for another day i don't know i guess it depends who we're talking about in this case i trust i trust you buddy there we go okay we're gonna be back again tomorrow breaking down every game on the main slate we'll be throwing out some bets i'll try to get some bets from friday and saturday in there to get started Mm. as well because i think there's some value i'm betting all of those games i believe i was looking at this earlier and uh yep i have a bet in on each of the Saturday games and the Thursday game. So, well, there you go. <laughs> Tune in tomorrow and you can hear them all. <laughs> well, yeah, so we'll, we'll go through all of those tomorrow. In the meantime, dfsr.com uh, slash deals is going to get you started. That's going to cover you for football. It's also going to cover you for NBA. We opened up with NBA cash mm. on FanDuel last night. Um, so a nice way to start the season. Huge Wednesday slate here coming down the pike. Uh, and then you know, Christmas Day coming up as well. So it's all so much good stuff happening. We cover it all under one subscription package. So go find it better outfit that's doing that they likely don't i know they for a fact they don't they sell individual packages for every other sport not us we just if we have it up on the site members only chat room optimal lineups all the betting tools um player lab everything if it's up on the site you get it all under one subscription package so go check it out take a free seven day trial and tomorrow talking every game on the main slate